0: This morning in uh, the book of Ephesians, uh, Paul is talking to the people at the church at Ephesus. And he starts out in chapter 1 by reminding them that they have been redeemed. And he goes through an entire chapter of talking about their redemption. It reminds me of the story of a little boy that uh, built a sailing uh, model, a sailboat model. He completed it. It was just perfect. He took it out and he put it uh, in the stream, in a little quiet place in the stream, and it floated perfectly. The wind breeze caught the sail. It was going just wonderfully. He had it on a string to keep up with it. All of a sudden, a mighty gust of wind came along and pushed the boat too hard. He couldn't keep up with it anymore. Uh, the string broke, and the little ship just sailed off. He took off running down the stream, trying to keep up with it. The current and the wind took it too fast. He lost his little boat. He was heartsick. but then uh, several days later, he was walking downtown and he walked by a hobby shop and he looked in the window. And there was a boat that caught his eye, a little sailboat. It was exactly like his. He looked closer. He knew that boat well. It was his boat there in the window at that shop. And so he went in and he said, you know, uh, he told the owner, that's my boat. I created that boat. I made that boat from scratch and I want my boat back. And he said, well, son, somebody brought it in this morning. And I paid a dollar for it. If you want it back, you're going to have to give me a dollar. And so the little boy rushed home. He dug through all the change he could find. And he came out with exactly one dollar. And he went back to the store and uh, he gave the gentleman his dollar. And the gentleman gave him his boat back. So the little boy was walking home. He hugged his boat and he said, now you are twice mine. I created you, I made you, and now I bought you. And if you have been redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus, you are twice His. You were created by Him, and you are loved, and you were created in love by Him, and He loved you so much that whenever you got away from Him, He bought you back. And that's what He was telling the Ephesians. That, uh, You are twice His. You are precious to Him. And He has gotten you back where you belong. He's gotten you back on track and in the life that you were created to live. And that's where the second chapter of Ephesians begins. Whenever uh, he starts talking about uh, you were dead in your trespasses, but then God did something wonderful in your life. And he did it for a reason. You know, I ran across a story the other day of a boy and his father that were walking along in the woods, along a trail. And there was a a log laying across the trail. And the little boy said, Father, do you think I can lift that log? And the father smiled and he said, I know you can lift it if you use all your strength. And so the little boy grabbed hold of the log tugged on it it didn't move he tugged harder he wrapped his arms around it he strained with everything he had he strained over and over again until he was exhausted and then disappointedly he looked at his father and he said you told me I could lift this and the father smiled and said I told you you could lift it if you used all your strength you didn't ask me to help you And so the little boy asked his father to help him, and together they moved the log out of the way, and they went on. Sometimes we forget that there's more to our lives than just our own strength, and this is what we're reminded of this morning in this passage. And sometimes we feel very inadequate in all of life, and I can tell you that I am a person that I have felt very inadequate at many, many ages and stages in my life. And then I found that the place that I found completion and adequacy was in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In him, I am complete. And you know, uh, St. Augustine said it very well when he said, Our hearts are restless, O God, until they find their rest in Thee we're incomplete there's this god-shaped hole in our lives that we just know something is missing until we reach out to him and realize that he's been tapping on our shoulder he's been lovingly calling to us and he's calling us to be complete he's calling us to be totally the person that we were created to be Uh, I can remember at one point, uh, just uh, whenever the Lord, uh, I gave my life to him, and I realized I wasn't living life the way I was supposed to, I said, Lord, I've been a success in the eyes of the world, but I've been a failure in my heart. What do you want me to do? And he just said, you ought to be a preacher. And I started telling him that I didn't want to be like those, like those guys that I knew were preachers. I didn't want to do like that. And he knew who I was talking about. And he said, well, don't. I don't want you to be like those guys either. I want you to be the best you for me that you can be. I don't want you to be somebody else's cookie cutter mold of what they think you ought to be. And he gave me the freedom to be the real me, the me that he created me to be. And in him, I don't find oppression. I find liberty to be free from all the other shackles that sin and and things like that put on people. And I'm free to be the real me, the person I was created to be, and that really I enjoy being and can sleep so much better at night being. Well, and I have his strength in addition to my own and all who have called upon the name of the Lord and received him as Lord and Savior. We have a completeness that's found nowhere else. And yet this world is filled with people that uh, just feel just incomplete today. And we have an answer for that. How many of y'all ever watched the show The Bachelor? Let's see your hands. Be honest. Okay, all right. This side watches The Bachelor. Nobody over here on this side ever, have you ever been turning through channels and come across it? Okay, yes there, yes there. I've never watched it to completion. I think it's one of the dumbest shows ever. Sorry, this side. But I just want you to know that from time to time, you know, I'll be flipping around. trying. Well, you don't flip anymore. I've been clicking around, uh, trying to uh, find... uh, Uh, something to watch and I'll come across it. I usually come across it at the end where there's some little girl that's just getting in a limousine. She hadn't been given her rose and she feels just totally rejected and dejected and she's crying and she's saying, I just don't know what's wrong with me. There must be something wrong. I did everything I was supposed to do. And you say, I start thinking, yeah, there is something wrong with you. Do you want the big one or do you want the top 10 or what do you want? I mean, here you are. You've only spent about five minutes total time with this guy and you think that he's good, that you're going to fall in love with him and, and you have fallen in love with him and he's falling in love with you after five minutes. There's something wrong lady. Yes. Yes but there are a lot of people in life that feel like that young lady at that time. There's just something wrong with me, something wrong. If you've ever felt like that, I just want to encourage you today by telling you you're absolutely right. Yeah, there's something wrong with you. If you're taking notes, write this down because you see without Christ, There is something wrong with you. There's a lot wrong with you. In fact, uh, Paul, in chapter 2 today, is very direct. And he basically, he says that there are three things wrong with you without Christ being the center of your life. to, To summarize, he says, You're sinful, you're spiritually dead, and you're the object of God's wrath. Let me say it again. You're sinful, you're spiritually dead, and you're the object of God's wrath. Welcome to St. Philip Methodist Church, where we want to make you feel really good. No, but the thing is, people tiptoe around this, and it's true. Apart from him, we are sinful, we are spiritually dead, and we are the object of God's wrath. But God doesn't want us there. And that's why his son came to earth. You know, most people will to me, oh, God loves you and he has a wonderful plan for your life. But without Christ, you're not going to know that plan. And to tell you that you're in his plan when you're not, I cannot honestly do that. And if you're feeling incomplete today, I'm not saying that you haven't been saved, but I'm saying that you haven't realized the fullness of God's love for you. Some people believe in God, but they haven't started trusting him. And until you can trust him with your life, you're not going to be living the life of faith. Until you trust him with every part of your life, you cannot be the person that you really have been created to be because you're going to be pulling against him. You're going to be putting up walls and blocks between yourself and him. And so uh, we read on down through this scripture and we see God, uh, we see that in in his word, he's saying that uh, we were dead. And he goes on, he says, it's only by grace that you've been saved. But uh, in verse four comes one of these wonderful passages that I, I talked to you about a while back. Whenever you see the words, but God, following a series of negative statements, you know something wonderful is right there. You We talked about there are some big buts in the Bible. And this is one of the biggest ones that you'll find. Look what it says here in in verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith through faith and remember just believing in god's existence that's not faith that's belief faith is when you not only believe he exists but you trust him you trust he has your back you trust he has your best interest at heart and he's going to help you have the best possible life that you could ever have that is faith by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. And listen to this, for we are his masterpiece. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Understand, I don't want to tiptoe around this. Without Christ, there's a lot wrong with you. You're sinful, spiritually dead, object of God's wrath. But the good news is though, God can change everything in a moment through his son. And the first thought I want to share with you this morning is that without Christ, there's something wrong with you. The second one is, It answers the question, who are you? Because you see, and this is so important, and this is what a lot of people don't know. When you know who you are, then you'll know what to do in your life. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. So I ask you this morning, do you really know who you are in Christ Jesus? Do you really know? With Christ, you're His masterpiece you're the masterpiece of God himself. You're not the masterpiece of some artist that is just going to hang something on the wall. You're the masterpiece of God, and you are the perfect workmanship of God in Christ Jesus. Verses 8, 9, and 10 say this, and just for the record, verse 8 and 9 are two of the verses that changed my life sometime back. God saved you by his grace when you believed. You can't take credit for it. I'd messed my life up so, no matter how much good I did, there's no way I could take credit for it. And you can't take credit for it. It is a gift from God. Verse 9 is so important. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done. Do you understand that? Salvation is not an award or a reward for good things that you have done. It doesn't matter how hard you try, how religious you act, salvation is not a reward for the good things you have done so that no one can brag about it. No one can brag about their salvation All we can do is be grateful for it. Now, because of Christ, who are you? When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. And verse 10 tells us who we are in Christ. You are God's masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. Let's find this here. Let's see. Yeah, right there toward the end, verse 10. Do y'all have it there? Let's read verse 10 together for we are god's masterpiece he has created us anew in christ jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago we are god's masterpiece so what has god done he created us anew in christ jesus so we can do the good things he planned long ago for us to do So now you've got to understand this. We're not saved by our good works. We are saved for good works. Not by our good works, but for good works. You've been saved so you can make a difference and bring glory to God in this world. If you're in Christ Jesus, it doesn't matter how you feel about yourself. You're a masterpiece. You're perfect. If you're in Him, you have no right to feel bad about yourself because you are his creation and he created you perfectly. And yet so many of you say, well, I'm not that good. I'm not talented. Let's face it. You were made by God to be who you are, not who you wish you were. You were created by him to be his. You know, uh, you're very special to Christ. Very special. You're the master's creation. But not just for someone to say, oh wow, look at you. You're a masterpiece. That's not what it means. You're created for the master's purpose. I talked last week that there's a big, huge plan and every one of us was created to be a part of it. Now then, As God's masterpiece, you exist to bring glory to Him. And uh, Psalmist David recognized this. And uh, in fact, let's look at our handout. Psalm 139, 13 through 6. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I know that full well my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. so David praises God for making him who He made Him to be. You're the masterpiece created in Jesus Christ to do good things, which He has prepared for you. Well, that's who you are. And like I said, when you know who you are, then you'll know what to do. Then you'll know where to go in life and what life is really all about. And uh, this is uh, what's so powerful. In all of history, In all the span of time, God decided that this little slice, this however long your life is and has been and is going to be, it was here in this moment in history that God decided was the right time for you. I see so many people saying, well, I just feel like I should have been born. Fifty years ago, you know, and lived back when things like, nah, you like air conditioning and stuff too much. Face it. Okay. And you uh, also uh, think, man, if we just live in the future. No, no. You were created and you are put on this earth to come across the people you come across, to be entrusted with those people that you've been entrusted with, to interact with all the people around you, to make a difference for God in this world right now he put you here at exactly the right point in time well some people will just say well i'm just not uh, i'm just not i'm just not his masterpiece i just uh, i just don't understand what you're talking about and the thing is they are trying they're not understanding their purpose when you don't understand the purpose of a thing you can use it wrongly i'll give you an example of that I ran across a, a guy talking about uh, when he was in the fourth grade, there was this little girl this a next-door neighbor. She was in the fifth grade, but she had a crush on him. And so she came over all the time, and there were a bunch of boys in the yard, and she came over, and uh, his dad had left a piece of athletic equipment out where it shouldn't be seen, a piece of athletic equipment that boys wear and that girls don't wear. It was called a protective cup and it's shaped like a cup and it's to protect uh, a boy from getting hurt in a certain place. I'm trying to say this as delicately as I can. Uh, It looks good, but I won't give you any more description, but it goes inside of an athletic supporter to uh, give extra protection. Well, this little girl sees that thing there and she picks it up and all these little boys go, That none of them said a word, but it's like, what are you doing? What are you thinking? You're not supposed to do that. And she picks it up and she said, what is this? And nobody, everybody's speechless. And nobody wants to say anything. And then she says, oh, I know what this is. It's an oxygen mask. And she puts it on her face and starts breathing in it. And all these kids are just no that's so gross you know so finally one of the 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 owner uh says well you know it goes in in this uh in, in this holder here and this is what holds it in place he was tempted to say you put it on your head and it holds it in place but he didn't do that he just took the cup and put it somewhere where they wouldn't have to look at it anymore and they went on with their lives but you see she was looking at this and she looked at the object to figure out what it was. When you do that with your life, when you start looking at the object to figure out what it is and what it's supposed to do, you're going to miss the boat. You're going to not uh, uh, understand what you really are here to be and to do. If you don't know the purpose of a thing, you don't ask the thing. Don't pick it up and say, what are you for? Oh, you know, that's not what you do. Next thing you know, you're going to be breathing in it. And uh, you didn't ask. But see, you don't ask the thing. You ask the one who created the thing. You are the masterpiece of God. And so you're to be asking him. Now, then I saw a, a warning the other day that said, warning, if you can't read the instructions, don't use this device. The problem with that is, if you can't read that warning, you don't know that you can't read the instructions and that you shouldn't use. But the thing is, it just got me thinking. So that's something that we need to understand. We have instructions. God's word has given been given to us as our instruction manual. And it's not just a book of suggestions. It is our manual for life so the big picture is you do not exist to accumulate more things in this little slice of eternity you exist to bring glory to god and to fulfill the purpose and you every one of you has a sense of destiny of some sort in your heart you realize and you think you know i've been put here for a reason and yes you have been you have been you are here for a reason And it starts off by just recognizing to who you should be looking for that reason. Thought number two is God's masterpiece. You have everything you need to do, everything that God wants you to do and that he created you to do. Uh, The thing is, God never calls you and puts you to doing something. Hey, you're my masterpiece. Go and do this and then say Oh, what was I thinking? God doesn't do that. Uh, whenever he called Moses, Moses argued with him and said, Oh, Lord, you know, I'm slow. I, I stutter. I, I'm not good in front of people and, and all this sort of stuff. God didn't say, Oh, what was I thinking? Yeah, yeah. He's going back to what you do. I'll get somebody else. That's not what he did. did he? he convinced him he was the right person to do the job And the reason and the thing is he gave this promise to him. I will be with you. We've got to use all of our strength. As I said at the beginning, we can't just depend on the stuff that we have inside ourselves in order to accomplish the things that God has us here for. It's always going to take all of our strength. And that's talking about being connected with God and having his power at work in you and with you because you weren't designed to operate without his power working within you. There are a lot of things, but if you start focusing on the things that you can't do, you're going to miss out on the things that God has called you to do. And uh, there's one more thing I want to talk to you about. And this is so life changing as God's masterpiece God uses everything in your life to bring about His purposes, Romans eight twenty eight, and we know that all things work together for the good of those. I want to find it in here. Romans eight twenty eight. Let's just read it together. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose all things, not some things, all things, for everybody? No, not everybody. For those who have been called according to his purpose. If you're in Christ Jesus, you are God's masterpiece, created for the master's purpose. And when you realize that he is the potter and you are the clay and He's forming uh, and using all the things in your life to bring about good to those who love Him or are called according to His purpose. That'll give you tremendous confidence to step into His will and to trust and know that He is a sovereign, good God. God is good all the time. All the time. Christ. That's right. You can see that example in the in in, in Joseph. Joseph uh, wound up having some pretty major bad things happen, didn't he? Wound up being sold by his brothers into slavery. Then he winds up being a slave in Potiphar's house and he rises to the top. Then he winds up uh, being accused of something he didn't do and winds up in prison. He becomes the warden's right hand man and just things go on and on to where all these bad things happen in his life and he winds up being second in command and an entire nation, and is able to save his family, even those brothers that sold him into slavery. And at the end of it all, when they think they're getting ready to really get theirs from their brother Joseph, he tells them what? You meant it for bad, but God meant it for good. And through it all, he trusted that God was working. He stayed faithful to God, in the bad times and god wound up using all of it to bring it be a part of his plan and his purpose now you know every now and then well you just need to remember some of you are going through a time and you think i wish this wasn't happening and uh, i don't understand and i wish it was different but understand this that if you are in christ jesus if you love him, if you're living for his purpose, he works in all things to bring about good. The things that seem good to us and the things that seem bad to us, he works through all things. That's how good our God is. I can remember every now and then I'm reminded of when I was not a good person, when I was not the Lord's. And i can remember the pain i inflicted on other people and i can remember feeling like i'd lost so much time when i finally came to know him but and i say this very delicately i uh, i have to embrace all of it as god's plan for my life the good and the bad and even he's just flat told me that the part when i wasn't his wasn't lost time it's time when i was lost And he redeems those things that even when we did otherwise. And so I can't spend my time in regret. What I've got to do is spend my time in thanksgiving and gratitude and moving on with him in the now and in the future. That's not the past. The past, he redeems. And once he redeems it, it's useful for his purposes now. Now, I've got great news for you, though. If you don't like yourself, God transforms. God transforms the potter. Whenever Jeremiah, I think it was, went to the potter and he saw the potter shape and mold the pot. Then he remade it. And if your life isn't what you think it should be, go to him and say, Lord, I don't think I've been on the right track. I've been trying to serve you, but now I know I haven't been looking to you, and I've been trying to call the shots. Even though I know I'm yours, I haven't been cooperative with the potter. So here I am. Mold me and make me. And he can take that lump that is you right now and start using it to, for, for his masterpiece to create something beautiful, something beautiful out of your life. Let's pray. Father, we ask that your spirit will do a work in us this day. As all of us are praying right now, I want you to ask, to ask yourselves, first of all, those of you who are Christians and you're committed followers to Jesus Christ, many of you look at your life and you may say, I just don't feel like a masterpiece. After all I've done, I feel like I'm not good enough. And this is just it. It doesn't matter what you feel like. Because of Christ, you are made new. You are the masterpiece of God created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared before in advance for you. For those of you who are Christians, if you would say, honestly, I want to believe it and I want to live it. I want to know the purpose for which I was created. And I want to live according to the the master's purpose. I want my life to count and to give him the glory. If that's you today, you say, Joel, would you pray that that would be so? Would you just lift up your hand right where you are right now? Let me see who I need to be praying for. Thank you. Thank you all over any others. Okay, okay. Well, God, I do pray today. For those who are Christians, I pray that they would overcome every insecurity this world has beat into them and that they would recognize that in Christ Jesus, they are new. They're a new creation with a new purpose. They are your masterpiece created to bring glory to you. God, I pray that they would understand who they are. So when they know who they are in Christ, they would know what to do. And God, I pray that uh, they would glorify you in all that they do, uh, that they would see that they have everything they need to do everything you want them to do. May they believe that, I pray in Jesus' name. And I pray that they would find comfort in the fact that even though they may be going through something right now uh, that they may not like, something that has gone wrong along the way, that you're a sovereign God and that you're working in all things to bring about good. And I pray that they would step into your purpose and they would be fulfilled, not experimenting and looking and trying to figure out, but being confident that you have begun a good work in them. And you, O God, will carry it out to completion. These things I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.